0: Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Utah Women in STEM. STEM referring to science, technology, engineering, and math. This is the topic of a recent research snapshot just released from the Utah Women in Leadership Project. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the Karen Haid Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. And I'm also the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project. This research snapshot shared first, the current STEM employment data, and then second, possible reasons for the STEM gender gap. And then finally, ongoing efforts to increase diverse participation and success in STEM fields. So the lead author on this report was Rebecca Winkle, As a member of the American Petroleum Institute's regulatory and economic policy group, Rebecca works to ensure that the American Petroleum Institute's research is defensible and of the highest quality. She is the policy lead on the workforce and education issues and is responsible for directing all research and many of the programs and partnerships related to workforce development and STEM education with a special focus on promoting the industry's work in strategic alliances. Rebecca also volunteers as a research associate for the Utah Women in Leadership Project, which I'm grateful for and I appreciate. Rebecca, thanks for joining me today.
1: Really happy to join you today, Susan. Thanks for having me.
0: So I would like to get us started and just talk to through some of the highlights of the report but first, why are you so interested and passionate about the topic of women in STEM?
1: Oh Susan, that's a great question what a what a good way to start our conversation women and STEM and thinking about women's career paths, it's really important. It's important for women, it's important for their families, it's important for our communities um, and for our state in Utah. You know, the last research brief I worked on was the gender wage gap. And I would say that these two are really quite connected. STEM opportunities are growing, um, they're important, they tend to pay better and, and we need more women in them. We need more women thinking of, themselves as STEM problem solvers, and, and you just right now, even though we've made some improvements, which you can see in the research brief, you just don't see the strides that you would like to see um, for women's representation in STEM, and that's true in the education space and also in the workforce. And as a, as a mother, as a working mother, as a mother of a daughter, I want all of these options to be available to women now and in the
0: future. I love that. I it is so important. As any of those areas, the STEM areas are so important. And I would love to have you just talk about for just a second. I mean, it's so important for women across the world, across the United States. But why here in Utah? I mean, is there special focus? Why? Why is that so interesting to you to look at Utah specifically?
1: Well, you know, Utah, Utah is interesting because we are we're clearly a business friendly. State. We The economy matters here. We have a legislature and governor who are always focused on the economy and on growing that economy in Utah. And a big part of the economy here is the STEM economy. Um, we are known for our Silicon Slopes. We're known for our tech prowess. And so as that is such a an important and prestigious, I would say, too, part of the Utah economy, it's important for women to be able to be fully immersed in that here in Utah. Personally, I live here in Utah, in North Salt Lake, and so I have a vested interest in helping make sure that this is a, a place where both men and women can thrive. And that's really, I think, one of the important things when we talk about these topics is that it's not we're not talking about this to the exclusion of men but to the inclusion of women and that can only make things better
0: yeah you're so right and and we'll get into some specifics on what's going on and and kind of how where that gap comes from because it's not suddenly a gap when you're working in the workforce there's a gap all the way up and and that relates to messaging uh, uh even with our young girls and boys right so how does utah stack up compared to the rest of the nation when you look at really what are the stats or the percentages of utah women compared to women in the united states yeah
1: that's a great question Unfortunately, women in STEM, even nationally, is low. And so you see, while it has grown over the years, um, you still see really low shares of women in STEM occupations nationally. What you see in 2021, about 27% of STEM workers nationally were women in utah it's about 21% so we are lagging behind which is unfortunately a common spot for utah to be in yes uh, we're about 6 percentage points behind the national average but i don't know if this is good news or not but it's not like the nation as a whole is doing that well with women in stem even though like i said it is it is growing
0: yeah we do see those numbers especially but that percentage Moving up, so compared to our 2016 report, so, so just for listeners, we did publish this 2016 report on this same thing, and then we are coming back and doing one, wow, six years later, I guess it is, um, and, and seeing if there's progress. So we did find some progress if you compare straight numbers and percentages to 2016, correct?
1: Yep, that's right. In 2016 in Utah, women made up about 18% of the STEM workforce. So they've increased their share by about three percentage points over the last several years. And that's really great. And, and that means also in absolute numbers, the women in STEM occupations has grown as well. And that's been true across many different occupations within STEM. One of the things that's important to remember with STEM is that it's a very broad category. And so, um, and and not all of those jobs or education tracks are the same uh, yes. in terms of the outcomes that you get for wage or job opportunities and so there's there's a difference majoring in biology versus majoring in computer science and you see the breakdown of women in those education fields and also in those occupation fields varies quite significantly within STEM itself. So overall, you've seen women gain share wise and absolute numbers-wise across STEM occupations, though like we were just talking about, there remains a long way to go.
0: Yeah, and since you you kind of brought this up, I mean the STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math, but it includes computers and life sciences and physical sciences and and sometimes social sciences, I, I sometimes not. I've seen, but but some of the reports exclude like healthcare and so forth. Is that correct? Tell yeah, us more. that's right.
1: So the STEM, the traditional definition of STEM, it usually does include social sciences, like you said, but it it, it excludes healthcare. So those numbers we were just talking about, twenty one percent of STEM workers in Utah being women, that excludes healthcare workers, which is considered STEM related, but isn't considered STEM like a, like you were just saying life sciences, physical science, mathematics, that sort of thing. If you include healthcare workers, um, women's numbers go up quite a bit, because there are a lot of nurses in particular, or nurse practitioners or um, medical assistants that would be considered, again, STEM-related, but that are filled by women. But it's interesting, because even when you look in the healthcare fields, um, women tend to make up greater shares of those lower-paying healthcare positions, um, and they're underrepresented among practitioners. So even in the healthcare space, you see a gap.
0: Yeah, thank you. So you had mentioned just a minute ago that you were also the, one of the co-authors, along with me and and uh, Dr. Dorowski, with the wage gap. So tell me, before we dive into possible reasons for the gender STEM gap, tell me the connection you really see with this snapshot and then also the snapshot on the gender wage gap.
1: You know, they're really connected, Susan, because one of the reasons that we would want to help encourage all students, but particularly girls and women, to enter into STEM occupations is because STEM occupations tend to pay much better than other occupations. And you actually see, I don't know that I addressed it here in this STEM brief, but you do see that there tends to be a smaller wage gap within STEM occupations, gender wage gap, than there is generally in response to oftentimes these technical skills that you would need in order to perform these jobs. But there still is a gender wage gap. And as we look at the importance of pulling women, having them be economically secure and mobile a stem having them employed in a stem occupation or pursuing a stem career is a great way to be able to do that because those are going to be better paying jobs than what they could find elsewhere and so helping them prepare for those kinds of opportunities will enable them to be more financially secure for themselves and their families
0: yeah that is so important and 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 in socialization, when we're socializing our girls and young girls and boys, oftentimes we still, we see this in society, we see this, by even educators, right? Educators are counselors in schools where you move girls towards one way and, and boys towards the other and what they might even major in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that is so interesting. One thing that I remember, I don't have the wording right in front of me, is that you said something about, speaking of college, college majors, we have a different report that talks about the college majors and we do fall again, at the low end of states uh, in terms of women actually graduating. Now, you had a line in this uh, report that said something about when you look at the percentage or the number of women who get STEM degrees and men with not any degrees, right? <laughs> they're still more than the women with STEM degrees. So make sense of that for the listener.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. So even for, this was a RAND Corporation study that I actually helped with a couple of years ago, and that they found that men without a STEM bachelor's degree were more likely to work in a STEM occupation than women with a STEM bachelor's degree. Wow. So you just mentioned, and and there are a lot of kind of breaks in the pipeline here as we think about girls all the way up through women who are working. One of them being getting into those college majors in the first place, selecting into those majors because men tend to dominate STEM majors. Um, Another being actually finishing that degree and not dropping out and switching majors while you're in college. And then even after you would think that, That you would say, great, now that these women have earned these degrees, then they will transition into a STEM occupation. And yet you just see them doing that at lower rates than you do with men. And like this RANT study found, men without STEM training going into STEM occupations more than women with STEM training.
0: And what we know from the research more generally is that women, even if they go into STEM occupations after college, they tend not to stay. And uh, for for many reasons, but one, I'm using the term more and more, the invisible masculine culture. They go, I've had CEOs in the past say, hey, we're hiring women. They're not staying. What's the problem? Mm -hmm. I say, well, describe the culture in your organization. And I'm like, that's because it's masculine. The pay structure, all of these things. So sometimes women don't stay. They can't put their finger on the exact reason, but they're like, it feels like I don't belong here but they're not sure why and they just leave. Right. That's exactly
1: right. And then that becomes this perpetuating negative cycle because the fewer women that you have in these positions who then are able to grow within these organizations or within these STEM occupations and be mentors and not just mentors, but sponsors and role models to other girls and women who are coming up, then the harder it is to see yourself in that position. I am... a couple of months ago we had president's day and my six-year-old daughter was had learned a song about the presidents in kindergarten and she was saying to me in the car one day we were in the car with my husband and my son and my daughter and myself and my daughter said daddy maybe someday you will be president and he said oh maybe and she said christopher to my three-year-old maybe someday you will be president and he didn't really know what she was talking about and then i said well, Claire, maybe someday you will be president. And she said, no, I learned the song, there aren't any girl presidents, they're only boys. And no one had told her at school that because all presidents had been boys that you they had to be, right, or men. But that was what she had taken away from learning the song about all of the US presidents was that they always had been men and they always would be men. And so they just, for whatever reason, they just needed to be men. She didn't think women could be president. So we had oh, a conversation wow. about that. <laughs> but I, this is, I'm going, this is in my home. I talk about these things. I do research on these things, right? But that, the perception issue It is, it's significant. This really matters. And when that gets into your mind, when you're six, it's really hard to overcome those kinds of perceptions as you grow, especially as you encounter difficulty in culture or in, in your education path. And so having the role models for women is really important when you're talking about STEM.
0: I love it, how you tied that in, though, too. If women just get in there for a little bit and leave and you just don't have that many women, you just don't see, you don't feel like you fit. Gender is such a powerful thing. And we know from the research, as you inferred, that that if you don't see women in top positions, even right. one or two in those top positions, you don't see possibility for advancement, Mm -hmm. Um, So, so interesting. Now, we've already talked about some of the possible reasons for the gender STEM gap, but any other reasons that, that you would like to mention that we haven't talked about yet?
1: You know, I think one thing, and it's, um, it's not a specific reason, maybe, but I think it's related, and we haven't touched on it yet, is You see, we talked a second ago about how there's a lot of variation within the category of STEM and you brought up healthcare, which is excluded from the traditional STEM definition. Another thing that's excluded from the traditional STEM definition is um, anything that would require STEM skills in the sub-baccalaureate space. So like trades jobs, skilled Mm. crafts jobs, electricians, welders, pipe fitters, that sort of thing. And the that seems it,
0: to me like it would be in that stem, bucket of that's STEM. That's
1: right. That's right. It certainly requires STEM skills. I don't know how you would be an electrician or a welder or a pipe fitter without having really solid STEM skills. And so I certainly consider those STEM occupations. But to your question about, about barriers for women, in those kinds of positions, especially, um, these things are even more... Yeah enhanced. If you think that it's there's a, a male-dominated culture in engineering, that's going to be even more so if you're talking about, you know, out working on a pipeline. And so which is a, a world that I know well from the oil and natural. Oh gas yes, yes, yes,
0: you would. And so <laughs>
1: something that we see a lot. Um, and so helping women and I would say their families to think of these, all of these positions not as as male male occupations or female occupations, but as occupations that require, you know, STEM skills. In fact, as a welder, I spoke with a welding instructor when I was touring a, a training facility, and he told me that women are naturally better at welding when they very first start um, because they ha- they're they better at their um,
0: fine Fine motor motor movements. That's right.
1: They're fine motor skills. And so they do a better job right off the bat than men do, but you just don't really think about that. I mean, do you know any women welders? Uh, I don't.
0: (laughs) Right. And so, um, and I would think in Utah, even more than other states, because we really go with more traditional things that we even have less welders and less women in those areas.
1: Right. That's right. In fact, in the, I had pulled it out in the study, but out of I had pulled the data for electricians, plumbers, and pipe fitters. In 2019 in Utah, there were 19,000 electricians, plumbers, and pipe fitters, and less than 150 of them were women.
0: Rebecca, I'd love to pull it back. I just, uh, as I'm looking at the report while we're talking, I wanted to mention something in in our conversation earlier about even girls and boys at young ages. And there was a statement that we published in this snapshot. And this is the term we used. Although most young children have similar capabilities in math and science, many girls lose confidence in math by third grade. And I'm sure with science and those other things, it's pretty similar. That's so interesting that it's so young. That, you know, just like you were talking about your daughter having these mental, you know, you see in movies, in messages with your parents, in schools pictures of boys doing certain things or girls doing certain things. Any other comments about that?
1: No, I just think that that's exactly right. And it's amazing how persistent that is. You know, from from early childhood research, those first five years of life matter so much and they really set you up for later on. And I think we just cannot discount the importance of the messages, the images that we are sharing with our very young Students with our very young children, that the way that we talk about things, um, the way that we depict things, the way that even like my daughter with this song in school, I am positive that her teacher did not say, and so all of the presidents have been men, and so they probably all will be men in the future. Certainly that did not happen in her classroom. And yet, being really intentional about the conclusions that we think that these students are making from what we are teaching. It's wonderful to learn about our US history. It's wonderful for her to learn about all of the presidents that we have had and the great things they had done for our country. I would have loved then for her teacher to have said explicitly, you might have noticed in this song that all of the presidents are men. You do not have to be a man to be the president. Women could be the president too. We just have never had one. Maybe it will be you just to plant that seed because otherwise they're drawing these conclusions that are so sticky are so persistent.
0: That's such an amazingly good point there. I want to shift now into um, one of the, the, our last section, like what are we doing in our last few minutes together? Let's talk about what are we doing in the state of Utah? Not just me and you, but in the state of Utah, are we trying to change things? You highlighted a few things in this snapshot. Uh, could you mention a few?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I will say before we talk about some of these specific examples, that I it is really encouraging to see all of the good work that is happening around yeah. women in STEM and girls in STEM. This is something that I think people broadly understand well and are trying to um, make an impact on, are trying to help promote more girls and women in STEM education fields and in STEM occupations. In fact, so much so that I was talking to a college student, a male college student, about these issues. And he said to me, what are you talking about fewer women in STEM? He said, everywhere I go, if there's a women in STEM club, people are trying to get women to come into STEM classes. He said, what are you talking about? And so I thought that was a really interesting perspective from someone who is living in that world right now that for him over these last several years when he was in high school and now as a college student, he seemed like people were always promoting women in STEM, which is great and and I was glad to hear. A couple of examples in Utah specifically, there's the STEM Action Center that offers a girls in STEM page that helps girls find clubs and camps for like coding um, and scholarship opportunities. A lot happening in the Utah higher education system focused on those K through 12 girls with STEM summer camps, um, encouraging participation in STEM fields. And then a lot of good work done by uh, organizations like Tech Moms and the Women Tech Council to offer visibility, which is what we were just talking about, something that's so important for girls at a young age and also women who are making their career decisions, their decisions in college or whatever other post-secondary training they've pursued, not just college, but apprenticeships or associate's degrees or technical degrees, that they're able to see through some of these organizations, women who are like them, who have pursued and found fulfillment in these career paths.
0: I love that. And we have a page on our website at utwomen.org for girls K through 12 girls programs like camps during the summer or or offerings week long or day things and different organizations. And you know, as I'm looking at that, I would say about half of them relate in some way to STEM things as well. Mm-hmm. I, I do love, you know, like the Girl Scouts have uh, have some things related to to STEM and an organization called Curly Me uh, for black girls and Latinas in tech. And mm-hmm. we have so many things like that. And so we have all of those listed on our website. Um either under uh, Utah Women's Networks and Groups or in that program page as well. So I thought of something earlier in the report that I just wanna mention before we wrap this up. And that was, we did find a little bit of data to say that women of color are even less represented
1: yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I we missed talking about that. And um, when you look at the intersection of gender and race, ethnicity, you start to see some nuances that are really important because... Women is a broad category, just like STEM is a broad category and women of color tend to be especially underrepresented, which is saying something when we you think about the numbers we've already talked about with women broadly, um, particularly for Hispanic women and for black women and Pacific Islander women, Asian men and women actually tend to have higher shares of participation in the STEM workforce than workers generally, but for Hispanic and Black workers, um, American Indian, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander women, those shares are much, much lower. In fact, I'll give Hispanic women as an example, but it's only about 2% of Hispanic women who work in STEM occupations, and that's in Utah. And so that's a, a very, very low share.
0: Yeah, that's so important. So, you know, all occupations are so important. And, and I have to say that, that sometimes we feel like we're always talking about STEM, yet I, I really, we need good teachers in our schools, Mm -hmm. in all topics, we need women to really be, you know, I I guess what I'm saying is, one of the things that I'm passionate about is for each girl and young women to be able to have open minds in terms of I have all these choices of what I can major in in college and what does my heart and head connect to? So they even have that opportunity to just dream and be able to go into STEM if they would like, go into teaching, but see where their talents are. And so we have so many STEM companies, technology companies in the state, and I would like to see more women going into those fields, but also moving into those leadership roles as well. Rebecca, thank you for taking the time to join me today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. Thanks to Nick Pora for his technical support. The Utah Women and Leadership Project's core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. To learn more about our research, resources, and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.